because if it took nine months for your body to expand to this, you need to give it at least half the time for it to go back into its original shape. Hi, I'm Dr. Dimple Janga. I'm your podcast host and I welcome you to A Gut Story. This is a podcast, a platform where we're going to discuss healthy everything. A healthy body, healthy mind, healthy emotion, healthy energetics and a healthy spiritual journey. We're going to also discuss stories of courage, grit, confidence, discipline and patience that helped several people overcome tragic events in their life and physical trauma. And we're also going to learn from several natural sciences like Ayurveda, naturopathy, homeopathy, yoga on how to reset our body back to good health and bring ourselves back closer to nature. Welcome to A Gut Story with yours truly, Dr. Dimple. I call them human libraries. They've read so many books, they've done so much research, and they've been exposed to so many patients and students from around the world through stories of joy and grief. They have learned, they have gone through the human curve to experience knowledge firsthand. And they have captured all of that information, digested it, and given it to you in small digestible pieces of information that you can apply to your life right away and start living a more healthy and a more powerful now. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to listen to their wisdom. I have one such beautiful guest with me. Patricia Ladis, a Spartan, a Greek, a physical therapist, a professional dancer, mother of three and a puppy. And she has done so much research on preconception, pregnancy, postpartum for elite sports athletes as well. She's been working with the Women's Tennis Association in New York, guiding you know, professional sports athletes to go back to sports. And she's also worked with New York City's Wheel Corner to do a study on when to start and how to start exercising after a C-section. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. So Patricia, what's the first exercise that you do after having a C-section? Breathing. So people don't often realize that you don't have access to your diaphragm after you're pregnant or during pregnancy. So during pregnancy, we compensate and we breathe in weird ways, right? Because the baby is taking up all that real estate and we can't fully get that breadth of movement that the diaphragm normally does to have the proper breath. So those inefficient patterns sometimes don't just shut down right when delivery happens. They sometimes carry over into the postpartum phase. So we're breathing as if the baby is still in our body. And in some degree, obviously we have air and space there. But if you hold on to that improper compensatory breathing strategy. Now, you may not be able to use your core the right way. You may not be able to fire the same muscles. You may not be able to get back to postures that you want. You might start feeling tension in new areas of the body and potentially even putting you at risk for an injury. Oh my God. Yeah. And this is huge rage and social pressure or a vanity issue to get back in shape right after giving birth to a baby, right? I see yeah. a lot of women running back to the gym, going into yoga, doing like 100 Surya Namaskar or being on the cardio, you know, on the treadmill for almost like an hour. Within two weeks of having given birth to the baby, they want to snap back into shape. Is that really healthy? No. Oftentimes they're at my office because they're, you know, in their 20s or 30s and leaking urine or they don't feel like themselves, or their belly, no matter what they do, can't flatten out. And all of those things happen because you're starting too quick. You're literally spiking cortisol. You're creating more muscular tension. I often tell our patients, 
pregnancy is like running a marathon. What happens after you run a marathon? Do you get up the next day and just run another one? No, you've trained for months and months to be able to have that marathon. And then you rest. <laughs> and so for many, many cultures around the world, I know it's true in Ayurveda and in the Indian culture, as well as in uh, many Mediterranean cultures. And of course, I'm Greek, as you said before, and it's a very strict rule that you stay home for 40 days and rest. It's the cuarenta period, that quarantine, right? It's 40 days of rest. No much, not too much stimulation, not too many visitors. You have all your closest family and friends there to support you so that you can rest and then heal and then be nourished with the right foods and all of that. In fact, we call it Garbha Sanskara in Ayurveda, which is called the education of the fetus. And now it's not just the education of the fetus, it's the education of the mother as well, the new mother. So for nine months, you are creating an entire human being inside of you replete and perfected with limbs and heart, liver, kidney, intestine. Like women, give yourself some credit. You created an entire human being inside of you. A two week break is not a maternity leave, right? 40 days minimum. That has to be the thumb rule around the world. Mm -hmm. Give your body the time, the rest to snap back into shape. Now it's not snap back in a fraction of a second. It's slowly going back into shape because if it took nine months for your body to expand to this, you need to give it at least half the time for it to go back into its original shape. And when you give body the rest and the sleep it needs, it actually goes back into shape much faster from your experience. Like you had three babies. How did you get back into shape? Right. So I was a professional dancer, so I was always trim. However, I gained a bunch of weight with every pregnancy. I had very large babies. I had two nine pounders um, and one six pounder, but he was early. And I've actually had all three births. So I've had a vaginal birth without any medication. I've had a C-section because the baby was in distress. There was, he was early. There was a whole bunch of things that happened. Thank goodness for modern medicine for those kinds of things. Everything was fine. He was healthy, perfectly okay. But then I did a vaginal birth after cesarean. So he went back and had a vaginal birth. So I can experience, I experienced all three of those experiences. I was able to get a nine pounder out of me the first time I've ever was pregnant without a hint of medication and just utilizing breathing techniques. Now, after I knew all of the things that were passed down to me, my medical training had said, well, you know, just slowly get back into it and everything's going to be fine. That's not true. If you really rest and I came back after maternity leave 12 weeks and I was lower than my starting weight. I always looked the same when I went back to work. But when you're breastfeeding, you're still loosely ligamented. It takes 18 months for your ligaments to go back to their strong cells. So now you're basically just had a baby and you think you're going to jump back on the treadmill and start running. Your ligaments are like Gumby, you know, you, you don't oh have God. the power. And then you're saying to yourself, I feel so weak. Let me do it harder. No, that is a system that is ready to break down. And I'm here to tell you because they end up in my office. If you don't go through the breakdown, there's nothing that you have to work so hard to get to. And the body naturally, as you said, I loved your, your, um, your example here of, of, you know, you don't snap back like that because if you let your body and you just support your body to do what it naturally will do, then it will get back to normal in its time. 
don't rush it. Everybody's a little bit different. But generally speaking, after 40 days of rest, eating the right foods, not stressing yourself out, and doing some breathing things and some kind of movements and things like that, being very wise about how are you holding the baby? That's hours and hours of positions that you're in. If you're like this all the time, that's gonna create problems. You're gonna have some, you're literally, I look at the postpartum period actually as the plastic, you know, plastic time in your life where if you had bad posture before, you could make it better, <laughs> really. It's a woman's opportunity to actually advance her health and advance her physical stature. But instead, we stress it out because we feel this pressure and then we lose this wonderful window of opportunity to stack our body in better alignment, to have the new patterns of collagen take on a new type of thing. You know, a lot of women will say, oh, I have that hump behind my neck, right? After they, because yeah. they're so loose, and then they're looking down all the time. They're changing the diapers. They're lugging the car seats. They're driving. They're this. They're the all this forward motion and all the the the, the breast tissue pulling them down. There's a cardiac ligament that goes from the back of the neck underneath the breast, and it pulls us down. If you don't oppose that and train your collagen to do the right thing, which you can, you can very easily just have to know what to do. Then you're freezing your body in this really beautiful erect alignment of length and of, of, of actual great confidence, if anything, you know, it helps with mental health, you know, just having that proper alignment. And now it stays like that. So it's much easier to have this like improved physical alignment after you've gone through just a little bit of work in postpartum to keep yourself aligned. And that could be, that could hold you for the rest of your life. Really? It's amazing. And it's quite interesting, right? Like how spinal cord health plays a crucial role during pregnancy and even postpartum. Yeah. And some of the health issues that women usually face after having a baby is postpartum depression due to bata imbalance, which is excessive air and space that hasn't left the body, that's still got trapped inside the body. And vata is basically movement that the body creates to be able to push the yes. baby out of the womb through the vagina. And that intense pressure it creates is supposed to release the placenta and everything else from the body. But when vata itself gets trapped in the body, it causes postpartum depression, it causes weak bone health. Women usually start complaining about lower back pain and knee pain right after pregnancy, anxiety, clinical depression sometimes, and they start having malnutrition. And like you said, the spinal cord has gone through a massive change, having to carry a nine pound baby or a 10 pound baby. The spinal cord curvature takes a hit, right? How important is bone health before conceiving the baby, during pregnancy and postpartum, because you cannot exercise during pregnancy or take like an excessive intake of, you know, artificial supplements of calcium and magnesium. You have to be doing all of that before you conceive yes. the baby. So what are the things that you do for spinal mobility and bone strength and bone health and bone formation? So number one thing that we know also is backed by research is loading, right? When we provide proper bone loading, then you will actually give the message to the bone that it's needed. We're not in outer space where the bones can go away. We are in earth with gravity and that pressure reminds these, you know, osteoblasts to basically keep the activity going and get the bone to be dense because there's multiple different kinds of bone, yeah. right? And we want the real strong one to keep that really, really dense. And 
you know, not to harp on some of the medications that people start taking to try to get their bones more dense, it just fizzles in almost, you know, you could have a cabinet that's made of wood, or you could have a ca cabinet that's just all pressed wood that's just been like, you know, put together, and it does not last, it does not take, it starts to bend, it just goes, right? It just goes apart. Same thing. These, sadly, these medications just fill you with the, the sandal paper, the sandpaper things, you know, in there, and it's not really the dense bone that we're looking for. When you exercise, you can get bone loading. Obviously, we want to have certain intake of calcium that does not have to have cow's milk. You can have arugula. You know, a bowl of arugula has amazing broccoli. A broccoli. All of these green beans foods that have so much high levels of calcium. But from the physical perspective, I have people that say to me, well, I think it's just genetic. I have premature osteopenia or after I had the baby, I'm losing all this bone and I don't know what's going on. Oh, to hell with it. I'm just going to be one of these cases. And they put their hands up in the air instead of knowing. Well, if I don't have the proper alignment, if my posture isn't actually in a loaded position, no matter how much I exercise, I'm not going to get the bones to stay dense. Because if I stay in an offloaded position and I'm just doing my exercise or I'm on my bike or I'm putting a weighted vest on me or I'm doing certain things with weights on my arms or my legs, but I'm in a deloaded position, yeah. I'm not going to get the message to my bones to stay alive, to keep, keep reproducing, keep, mm. keep going. So we'll start to see a wearing away of those bones. So it's very important that in preconception, you start getting your posture the right way, that you load your body efficiently and that you do a little bit of strength training. That's good for you. Not just cardio the hell out of yourself because right. you know you're gonna gain weight. That's not the answer. I'd rather somebody walk in nature for mm -hmm. 20 minutes, two times a day. That has more health benefits than running. It's called forest bathing, in fact, in uh, Japanese culture. It's called Shinrin Yoku. Yep. Yep. And, you know, yep. I love this about Asian culture, you know, because they have so much wisdom that they've held on to from their ancestors. So forest bathing is basically a technique where you walk in the forest for an hour yep. to beat depression, cholesterol, blood pressure, or any kind of anxiety that you might be having or any kind of stress that the body's going through. The trees yep. are communicating with each other. The trees start to communicate with the cells in your body, reminding it to go back to its source energy, to its creator, to Mother Nature, and how to function at a specific frequency that is suitable for health. So forest yep. bathing is something that's very powerful. And you recommend that yes. also to your patients. I do. And I actually, for people specifically, I'll, that was 100% what I tell my patients. I love it. And um, when you're in contact with the earth, the earth has a charge. When we have back pain, it actually has the opposite charge. So when you go on the earth and you get that negative charge, it's actually shown to invigorate the lumbar spine tissues and give it a little bit of a booster. And so I oftentimes, even if you're not pregnant, maybe you're thinking about it in years in advance, or maybe you're just dealing with pain and you can be anyone on this earth at all ages, Doing this type of walking, forest bathing, grounding, some other people will call grounding, right? You're receiving the charge from the earth. You're connecting with nature, connecting with um, source, but you're actually part of 
the earth, right? You're not in this removed place that the body's kind of a little bit anxious and doesn't know where it is. Now you're grounding yourself. Then you get that negative charge, which wakes up that lumbar spine. And then all of a sudden you start having less pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So we do speak about calcium and having the right amount of nutrients and vitamins and minerals in your diet, not through supplements, but through natural foods and a balanced diet plan. And sodium, salt is probably one of the biggest enemies of bone health, right? Mm -hmm. How does it affect bone health? And what is the difference between osteoporosis and osteoarthritis? So osteoporosis is the breakdown of bone density, right? The bones are starting to wear away. They're becoming thin. They're becoming less. They're more fragile, right? So that can happen over time. It can happen prematurely. Osteopenia is the mm -hmm. stage where you're starting to do some dropping in the low, low bone density. And then osteoporosis is when you kind of have gone over the curve and now it's, you know, you're really at a, a little bit of a risk. Um, so we often, I have, I have reversed osteoporosis and gotten them back to osteopenia. And then I've gotten people from osteopenia back to normal bone density. So it is possible to go back a stage. And if you're in osteopenia with really good support, you probably won't injure yourself. You probably won't even know you had osteopenia. However, osteoarthritis is completely different. Osteoarthritis is really what happens at the joints when they're loaded improperly or they ha they could have like a pre-existing condition, um, arthritic, you know, rheumatoid. There's different factors in the body due to almost like autoimmune attacking the joint cartilage, things like that. But, but just on an even playing field, osteoarthritis is the wear and tear that our body goes through. And we are, we start the degenerative process at 25 years old. So at 25, it just starts, right? Because we used to live on this earth for about 35 years. Now we, that's a thing of the past. Um, so if we can, what we want is to have the best mechanics possible. And that's why I'm so passionate to get to the root cause of somebody's pain or the root cause of why they're not performing at the level that they want. Like, I can't play singles tennis anymore. Now I have to play doubles, or I can't go up all the stairs anymore. I have to take the elevator. Why? Is it really the osteoarthritis? Because I've seen people that have no business doing the amount of activity that they're doing. Their joints look horrific on MRI and X-ray. That does not give you a death sentence that you're gonna have pain. It doesn't. So it's exciting for me to be able to tell people when they come in, they say, yeah, the doctor said I'm riddled with osteoarthritis. This is just bone on bone. There's no way. I just have to wait till I can get my knee replaced or my hip replaced. You can be pain-free even with a serious amount of osteoarthritis. Oh. You can. So it's the balance of how your muscle tissues are actually supporting the structure and what alignment you're able to sustain. I have a woman that she had a horrific injury when she was a young kid that really screwed up her ankle and her foot literally is is like to the side. Her ankle's to the side and her foot's on the other side. It's really just kind of a shear. Right. And then over the now she's in her 50s and now her knee is starting to look like that where it never did. This woman has no business being in no pain. But we balance her out as best as we can. We give her a brace to kind of coax it and tape it just to give her that extra help that she needs. Yeah. And she plays golf and she walks and she bikes and she does all these exercises and it's fantastic.
Oh, bless you, Patricia. <laughs> bless you for the work that you're doing for women and for humankind on the whole, you know. This is why I have so much respect for alternative medicine and a level playing field for doctors of all professions. You know, we're not here to demonize or satanize yeah. any science, you know, be it allopathy, Ayurveda, naturopathy, every science has a role to play. And we spoke about how when there is an emergency, thank God that we do have an alternative science yeah. called allopathy. Now here, I, I'm calling allopathy the alternative science because the primary healthcare provider uh -oh. here is Mother Nature. That's Ayurveda, that's naturopathy, yoga, breathing exercise, pranayama, meditation techniques, right? So we do have an alternative science in allopathy, which is a man-made science that allows us to deal with acute pain to get some relief at that point in time and then move back to the primary healthcare provider, which is Mother Nature, which is nutrition, diet and lifestyle changes and posture and breathing. Right, so breathing is a very powerful yeah. thing, and you also recommend a lot of pranayama and meditation to your patients, right? Can you tell yeah. me a little bit yeah. more yeah. about that? Like, how does it contribute to pregnancy yeah. and even pain relief? Yeah, so for pain, you know, oftentimes we will also create a habitual breathing pattern to deal with yeah. the pain because we're in this pain, whether it was a traumatic injury or it was a wear and tear thing or just woke up one day and has, you know, oh, their back went out or something like that. And when we are able to get back into the parasympathetic system, the body then just starts to heal. When it's in sympathetic mode and it keeps the firing of that pain, it's almost impossible for the body to really find that central source yeah. again because it's got so much noise, right? So it's very important to get into a breathing pattern that actually serves you, that starts to invigorate the diaphragm, that then sends the messages to all the deep muscle systems of the body. So we have two systems of muscles. We have the superficial system, which moves us. It's mm -hmm. the reason why we do certain movements. And then we have the deep muscle system that supports us. When we have pain, the deep muscle system gets inhibited. It kind of goes to sleep. And then the superficial muscles start to go, oh, oh, there's a problem here. Let me put a brace around it. So that's when people say, oh, I just threw on my neck and they yeah. can't move. Moving muscles are trying to support and them. And you don't break that. Right. And the moving muscles are also trying to stop them from moving more so they don't injure it more. So the it's very important to restore back a level of breathing that actually is balanced that we calm the mind so that we can get into parasympathetic mode because then the healing starts. Then we start breaking apart the layers of why the body is guarding so much. And then we can actually create that movement, restore that movement and let that health come back on the physical side. So it's very, very good. I talk it like an embodiment. Your brain is getting cues actually from your spinal cord. So what happens for pain, we used to think, oh, I touched, ooh, it's hot, right? So the, the sensor yeah. went to here, and then it went here, and then the body just, woof. But actually, when the sensor goes on and you say, ooh, that's hot, your um, external sensors, receptors, send the message to the spinal cord. And then the spinal cord goes, am I safe? Am I not safe? Is this okay? Was that a hot, was that a... A uh, hot plate was that the, you know, and then it goes oh yeah I think that's a problem it goes to the brain and then the brain outputs pain so sometimes what happens is that we can have an injury the tissues can heal 
but the body has never fully recovered from the trauma of that injury. It has never fully let go in those muscles, gotten that balance back. The circulation is off, the nerves are off, the muscles are off, everything. So the body keeps giving the message to the spinal cord and the spinal cord keeps going, I don't think I'm safe here. Nothing's acting the way that it, they're supposed to. They're all freaking out and frantic. So I'm gonna keep giving the pain. And then people say, I'm in chronic pain and they could be 25 years with pain. That's, that's a dysfunctional neurosynaptic activation pattern that the brain and the nervous system is on repeat. So the spine mm. is very important to stay calm and to know what's happening around it. And when there's too much noise in the brain, we can't decipher the messages as well. So meditation is very important. Breathing the right way is very important because you trick the brain. Oftentimes, I will teach, I will release the diaphragm for people. I will get them and they say, you know, I just wanted to let you know my pain was over here. I said, yeah, it's okay. We have to do a few things to un, un take all the layers of the onion and get to the root cause. And, and it's funny because then they go, wow, I feel so much better. I feel like I'm moving in ways I never moved before. I, wow, the only person that helped my back was the person that didn't touch my back. Uh, you know, and it's like, you have to recognize that there are little, little ways to hack the system to trick the brain or to remind the brain that everything's okay and that we're going to be okay and we can absolutely get out of pain or we can absolutely have that baby and and recover ex excellently so everything is um it, it just needs a little bit of support oh god it's so beautiful you know this actually reminded me about uh, an episode in my life that changed the trajectory of my life forever so wrong posture excessive stress and trying to be a man in a man's world instead of attending to your estrogen and your hormonal needs you know it creates a lot of testosterone and cortisol in your body which your body is not able to process because your body is meant to be processing progesterone and estrogen right so at that point in time i had a prolapsed disc and the disc moved out of place between the l4 and l5 by 70 percent so now the bones were literally rubbing against each other every time I moved and the nervous system was getting ruptured between that area. So there was a shooting pain from my lower back all the way up to my head, to my neck and to my toes and I couldn't move on my own anymore without experiencing pain. I had to be flown down to Chennai where my parents live on an emergency flight, wheeled out and I was put on bed rest for two months and I'm staying there in bed staring at the ceiling two months I refused to watch TV I refused to listen to the radio I refused to listen to music because I just wanted to process that pain and understand why I ended up here and this was at a tender age of being 30 right so there I'm standing there and thinking my life is over I'm never going to be able to dance again I'm never going to be able to walk on my own again and I had an episode right in the middle of a friend's dance party where the spine oh. just shook and refused to move and then I had to be taken out very slowly, put in a cab and taken home and then flown to Chennai. That episode taught me a lot on how to respect your body. And I know a lot of women push it, right? A lot of women push it and then they start doing like crossfit. Even I did that mistake, you know, doing crossfit for months together, trying to beat my body into shape. That's a mistake we all need to avoid and start focusing on listening to the body from within. Your breathing, your meditation, your body's giving messages and information what to do, what not to do. And this is an intuitive intelligence that mother nature has cleverly installed in us. It's a beautiful software that tells us what to do, when to do, how much to eat, when not to eat, when to sleep, when to wake up and follow the sun, right? I wanna talk about this particular point where you said, 
the health of the sperm mm. also determines the health of the child. And in Ayurveda, we see there are four factors. Yeah. The health of the sperm, the health of the egg, the health of the uterus, which carries the baby for nine months. It's home for the fetus for nine months. And the kind of diet the mother follows during pregnancy. Yeah. Tell me more. Why should men also contribute to a child's health? Yes. Exactly. Um, so what we see in research, this is a lot of the research coming out of Italy. One of my colleagues, Dr. Sergio Pecorelli, is one of the frontiers of trying to get this to even change public health policy, actually, so that we can start remembering that it is two people that are responsible. And if we are able to turn our health, turn inward to get well in the nine months before conception, you can actually put your best foot forward when it comes to DNA and actually potentially create a much well world because the power lies in preconception. So what a man and a woman do in preconception will affect the next two generations of health. Next two generations. Oh my. So if we can really get a healthy lifestyle, reduce that alcohol or eliminate it completely, the drugs, the alcohol, the sleepless nights, no exercise, eating processed foods, all of these things are horrendous situation for your internal health. And it's basically turning on all of these negative genes, right? We want to put the best foot forward. So anti-inflammatory foods, anti-inflammatory lifestyle, whole foods, and movement. The fastest way to actually reduce your inflammation so that you can have a healthy baby is actually movement. And if you sit all day and you're on the computer and you're in these postures and these, are, and then you decide, well, I've got to exercise. So then you get on the Peloton or the bike and you just say like this, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's like you put your body on a mechanical process. Exactly. You are not opening up that diaphragm. You are not able to get to the breath of your breathing. And then you wonder why you have anxiety and pain and all of these things that go on with these types of postures. You know, we never saw these horrendous postures until the Great Depression, the 1920s. It's never been noted in the history of when we started writing down history that ever a human being was actually in this posture. Never. So what does that say? That we've kind of went out of it a little bit and you see, you know, some of the old, you know, the 50s, the 60s, the 80s, you know, the shoulder pads, everybody was kind of like up a little bit more. And then now we're like with the phones and the this and the that, we're going like this. And we have exponential rise in suicide and, you know, depression and anxiety and all of these spectrum types of disorders and mental health issues. And I don't think it's, un, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence that we also embody this yeah. in our body. Yeah. So, so many times you see somebody smile and maybe you have a bad day and it kind of lifts you up a little bit. <laughs> so we have these powers to visually see a little bit of something different that can help to facilitate positivity, positive emotion, really centered confidence, all of these wonderful positive attributes that everybody holds within themselves. But can we harness that by taking care of our body, what we eat, what we think, what we, how we move, how we hold ourselves, all of that. And so the man is not off the hook. If anything, he's really a big, big, big part of this. And so I encourage and sometimes 
males will not get on board uh, by themselves. So I encourage every woman listening to this, get your partner on board. Um, if you're going to a sperm donor, find out about that sperm donor's lifestyle, not just whether their color of their eyes, you know? Yeah. You know, that brings me to a very important question. You know, we've, we've spoken about it in your email as well, and we've had a little bit of a chat on this. We speak about all physical symptoms, morning sickness, calcium, sodium, bone health, breathing techniques, posture, spine mobility, mental health. Mm. A topic very dear to all our hearts. You know, this is the era of mental health issues. And one out of three people around the world are suffering and battling with mental health issues. And I would say one out of two now, you know, the number's going up very yes. dramatically. And uh, we are paying a heavy price for all the mistakes that we did in the last hundred years. Now, yeah. there was not so much damage done to humankind in the last 5,000, 10,000 years as was done in the last hundred years alone with exposure to toxins and preservatives and packaged food, junk food, junk content on social media, on television, violence in our society at a mental, emotional, physical, sexual level. And sometimes yeah. women go through all of this abuse within the safety of their own homes and marriages. And then comes this massive physical change in terms of pregnancy, puberty, period cycle, menopause. A woman has many challenges to face. In all of this, how do you take care of your mental health? Yeah. The, the biggest, because I am in the physical health corner, I just believe that there's such a huge correlation to the movement of the body, being connected to nature, and that that really is the answer. Now, I don't want to belittle the whole thing, but we've torn away at our microbiome, right? This is where all our serotonin is. is. We've had so much disconnect with nature in our day-to-day -day life. And I think we have to get back to circadian rhythms. We have to get back to movement during certain parts of the day. We need to trust in our own body. Oftentimes, it's this fear and this judgment that we put on ourselves, right? And it's like, if we can trust our body, if we can move in ways, you know, how often can I, do I hear, you know, after that session, I was able to move differently. I went into my yoga class and after that, I felt like I could take on the world. Well, normally I'm just struggling with the fear and struggling with the worry. And I'm in this, and I have to say, what am I doing here? And this is happening for children as well and then we wonder why the children are suffering as well there is a huge correlation towards having the support we need because you need support sometimes we're stuck in patterns and we need support to get out of that but the lack of emphasis on moving during the day and saying well you know there's some studies now that showed you know smoking Sitting eight hours a day is the same as smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. That's what it does on your health. It also reduces the energy flow in the body. It reduces blood flow in the body. It actually decreases oxygenation to your brain. So you're not able to kind of use all the synaptic activity that you can to either subdue those thoughts, to get a fresh mind, to address things and problems with a well-rounded aspect, you know, like a well-rounded view and perspective. So I say move your way out of it. Move in your body because everyone feels better when they move. 
don't do exercise just because it's exercise and you have to check it off your list. Yeah. You do things to move in space, right? Yeah, and that's why I say to people, just turn up the music, because that's very meditative. Your favorite one, it doesn't have to be Mozart, right? Just to your favorite music and just start dancing, right? That's the dancer in me. Because when I feel stressed, because everybody goes through it, no one's perfect, everyone's got through, you. it's how you address that stressor that matters. And I believe in dancing through life. Oh my, that's like literally my favorite go-to-bed exercise. If I've had yeah. a long day on the desk, and I'm not someone who should be on the desk for too long because yes, I would probably get yes. cabin fever. <laughs> I would come home and put on my pajamas, put on some music, put on some candles, put on some light. And people wonder like, you know, why is such a romantic setting? I said for myself. Yeah, yeah. Like me. Uh, wasn't that a reason good enough? And I put on the music. I dance and I dance till the body is ready to go to sleep. That yeah. is probably the best boost of serotonin that a woman can gift herself. And in fact, you know, there's this ad man in India. Uh, he's no more. One of my favorites, Alec Padamsi, and I had the honor of meeting him. He created an advertisement which shook the Indian advertising world about like 30, 40 years ago. It was for wow. a soap, a bathing soap for an Indian woman. Right? Ah. And he showed a woman bathing under the waterfall in a bathing suit. And this was like, it shook up the whole Indian oh, culture. Like, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. she's bathing in the open. So taking care of yourself, when you're in the shower, when you're in isolation, you are completely at yes. bliss. Taking care of yourself before you go to bed, saying your last prayers, as if this was the last time you were going to sleep and the last time you were going to wake up. Right? Saying your prayers, saying your gratitude, waking up and manifesting the life you want are the best cheat codes for putting that anxiety at bay. And when you're healthy, you're creating a healthy home for the baby as well. And whether you choose to give birth or not, that's secondary. That really doesn't matter. We're not here to judge women for that. What matters is that you take care of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. But thank you so much, Patricia. Yeah. For Thank being you. here, but sharing all that wisdom that you've gathered in many years of experience, you know, and this is what I say to the human libraries: you are the, you know, the torchbearers. You are holding so much information, so much wisdom within you, and you are taking humanity forward by contributing and by freely sharing all of that wisdom. So thank you so much, and gratitude from the bottom of my heart for taking our time to be here with us. It's been my pleasure and my honor. Thank you for all the work you do as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to see the rest of you guys soon again on my next episode on A Gut Story, which is available on my podcast and on my YouTube platform. This is basically a platform where we're going to explore many natural sciences and many natural ways of staying healthy so we are not injecting our body with toxins and drugs and antibiotics. We are not anti-modern science. We're just here to take you back to your source, to your source energy, your creator, that's Mother Nature. If Mother Nature can create this marvelous piece of miracle, that's the human body, only Mother Nature knows how to resume or bring it back to good health. So here's wishing you all a healthy living and a happy you. Hey guys, if you like this episode, don't forget to leave a comment below so we can learn how to improve ourselves. Like, subscribe and definitely share this with your loved ones, your friends, family and relatives so you can become an influencer of good health in their lives. Until my next episode, here's wishing you unconditional happiness, love, forgiveness, kindness, empathy, compassion in everything that you do.
Here's Dr. Dimple Jangra signing off.